Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the generosity of uh, giving your spirit to your people, to your children. And we pray, Lord, that um, you would use this body of believers, this body who are indwelled by your Holy Spirit, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, might minister to you by ministering to others. We pray that you would give us faithfulness. We pray that you would lead us and guide us. We pray that on that day, we will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Got several strikes against me this evening. I woke up thinking I lost my voice this morning. And I cannot find for the last month where, the mic, where they've hidden the microphone for me to use. So I've got to project really loud through the entire service. So uh, if I lose my voice, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I'm going to try to speak nice and, and loud uh, so you can hear me. Hopefully you can. Um, well, uh, tonight, um, we, it's been a busy day for, um, for the Williams family but a busy day for a lot of folks. Um, this morning, as I told you last week, um, there was a, a big question about when our mother church, All Saints Anglican Church, would be moving into their new sanctuary, their new nave. Um, it was, uh, it's been up, it's been built, it's been sitting there empty, and uh, we just, they just couldn't get the, the paperwork that said we could worship there. Um, and so that finally came, and um, they were able to move in this morning and have their first service. So uh, several of you, I saw several of you there. Uh, we were all invited to that celebration. It was a packed house, um, and so it's been a. Uh, we did that, and then got some lunch and came up here and got ready for tonight. So it's been a big, big, busy day, but it's been an encouraging day. It's been a very encouraging day. Because what we saw this morning at All Saints is not only something that you and I are benefiting from, as Mission St. James was part of their overall vision, we're also benefiting from the fact that they have started a vision, they have started a walk in obedience to what they thought the Lord was calling them to do, and it's been a long, slow Walk And this morning, we got to be there to celebrate one of these things happening, which is great. It's encouraging to me as a church planter and as a pastor to say, I think the Lord has called us to something, right? You, you put all your faith out there on the line. The Lord has called us to this work. Um, who knows if it will succeed? Who knows if Mission St. James will, will survive and last and lo and behold, here we are. I think we're 31 weeks of meeting on a weekly basis, which is a great reason to celebrate. And you and I and Mission St. James, not only are we a part of someone else's vision, but we're also seeing that vision come to fruition, both in Mission St. James and all the way up on the north side of town. And so this is a big encouragement to me. Um, as I want to share with you tonight, um, sort of where the Lord, I think, is leading Mission St. James, kind of emboldened this morning to see, oh man, 
They really took the risk. They really went out there. Um, and so we are as well. Um, so uh, this, this evening, as much as I love our gospel text, it's one of my favorite texts. Um, I won't be spending so much time looking at that text as kind of looking into the next year, maybe the next five or ten years of our life together at Mission St. James. But I do encourage you to go back um, to one of the sermons I preached um, in May when we launched our weekly services on missional mercy, because this is the gospel text we used for that. So a lot of what I would have preached tonight on this text, you'll find there. So I encourage you to go back there. Um, One other caveat for tonight. Um, I just realized as we were setting up that the readings that we did are actually for next week. <laughs> uh, next week is uh, Christ the King Sunday, and this were, these were all the Christ the King texts. So, Lucas, you did an awesome job of picking out music for Christ the King Sunday, uh, which is next week. <laughs> That's my bad. I'm sorry about that. We'll read them again. We'll read them again. So... We'll get a chance to hear, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, be, we'll be back in these texts next week. All right. Many of you know, and I know some of you, this is not a typical sermon, by the way, for those of you visiting um, Mission St. James, um, but many of you know sort of our, our general mission and vision for Mission St. James. You know that we desire to be a home or a dwelling place for the wanderer, that is the spiritually wanderer, the spiritual wanderer, the literal wanderer, any kind of wanderer that we can think of, we want to be a home for. We want to be a place where the presence of God is very visible and that others find a home in. Whether that's those who have gone astray from the Lord and are seeking to come back or those who have never known the Lord, we want to be a home to them all. And that's our real vision, our real passion for Mission St. James. And we named Mission St. James after the Apostle St. James, the brother of our Lord, because St. James cared about not only the fact that we have faith, but that that faith is lived out in tangible ways. You hear me quote this often, James 2, chapter 2, verses 15 through 16 James says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? The Apostle John says something similar in his first epistle, chapter 3, verse 17. He says, but if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does, the God, how does God's love abide in him? And so, friends, we are surrounded by people who have needs, real, physical, tangible needs. We're also surrounded by many people who have all of those physical, tangible needs met, but are poor when it comes to eternity. And that's who we are called to minister to. That's what our vision for Mission St. James looks like. Our hope and our desire is to see a church full of faithful believers in Jesus Christ who are putting their faith to practice in tangible, real ways that, the, that, that, that serve the community of Jackson, Tennessee. And that's our dream. That's, that's our goal. That's our vision. And tonight I kind of want to share with you a few components of that vision 
that, um, that have been rolling around. Some of you have heard us talk about this maybe a little bit, but I've not said any of this out loud. One thing, because I'm like, this is crazy. Um, these are way down the road kinds of things. But I want to share them because what they do is they show us how we can enflesh, how we can uh, put meat on the bones, so to speak, of our faith. And we can do this together as a church. First thing I want to tell you about is an idea or a dream or a vision of something that I call St. Basil House. St. Basil was a 4th century church father. Um, He uh, grew up very privileged and used all of his inheritance for the kingdom of God. Eventually became a bishop um, and uh, he is known and credited as being uh, establishing the first hospital. What St. Ja- Basil did, and, and in his time, there was a great famine in their land. He lived in modern-day Turkey. And what he ended up doing was establishing a little city outside of the city he lived in. It was a city with a monastery where men and women came to dedicate their lives to following and knowing Jesus Christ and serving him. But they also established a church. And in a time of famine, they established a food bank. They established a leper colony. They were ministering to lepers when no one would even think of looking at or serving a leper. They took care of the sick here. And everyone in that city knew that they could go to this little, this little city set out up outside the city that St. Basil set up. One of the things I love about Jackson, Tennessee, and I think God was calling us back to Jackson, Tennessee, is the Lana area. One of the reasons for that is because so much of my discipleship occurred in the Lana area, and I want to see that ministry continue. But something I love about that area is that it is full of houses and buildings that were once vibrant and dilapidated now. What we see is a neighborhoods in transition Right, And we see places that I would love to see built back up. We're told in, in Revelation that Jesus Christ makes all things new. And this is a desire to see God remake even our neighborhoods that we're in. So it's natural as I go through the Lana neighborhood that I'm always looking out for all these buildings. Now, I'm not a... Uh, I'm not a um, uh, good renovator. I tried to do this in a house. It's not my gifting. It didn't go too well. Um, some of you might be a little more gifted at that. I am not. But what I do, because I get in these situations like, oh, I'd love to see this big grand thing happen. But then when you're the one that has to do it, it's like, oh man, I can't do that by myself. One of the buildings that I uh, frequently drive by and pray over is that there's an apartment building on the corner of, I think, Grand and, and Highland. I'm like, that's it. That's St. Basil House. Because it used to be an apartment building. Somebody's gutted it, I think, to, to, re, um, to renovate it. But it's changed hands for like the last three years, about three times. And I'm like, oh, I just want to get my hands on it. Because not only is it a place that Mission St. James can meet as a church, but it's a place that can be developed into a home. A place where men and women who are lost and wandering can live for a time and live in Christian community, be built up in the faith, be in prayer together. A place of communal discipleship. Why? So they can be sent out. A place to mend 
and then sinned. That's St. Basil House, a dream, a place where we can feed the hungry and house the homeless, both figuratively and, uh, and literally, a place where we can do that together. Something else I, you may have heard Janie or I talk about, you know, at Mission St. James, we have, we have a glut of people involved in education. There are many of you that are involved in education, teachers, administrators, on all levels from uh, preschool all the way up to higher education. This is a wealth. This is when I talk about uh, generous stewardship. I'm not just talking about money all the time. This is what I'm talking about. When you have this, what do we do with it? What is God calling us? Could God be calling us to do something with education, a school perhaps? This is something that Janie and I have dreamed about starting Arbor Day School, which would offer a private Christian education for children, not just our children, but children in the neighborhood in which we are involved. I don't know how to fund these things. These are dreams. These are visions. But I would love to see it. I would love to see it. It's a way that we can steward what we have a wealth of. That's a school. A bakery. This is something that Janie and I have been talking about as well. She loves making uh, bread. Uh, Many of you have made bread with her or taught her more about making bread. This is something we don't have in Jackson. We don't have a bakery in Jackson. We have places that make baked goods but not a place where that's what they do. We make bread. Could we do something like this together and have a buy a loaf, give a loaf so that we're literally feeding those who need food? Could it be a third space, a place within Jackson, which we don't have a lot of third places. It's not what a third space is. It's kind of you have your home, you have your work, but this third space is somewhere where you come together Create community, places you can have Bible study or just camaraderie, places to get together and meet with folks. Could that be a place? These are just some ideas and dreams. And I bet you have some as well. I bet you have and many of you have told me some of your dreams as well. And we have an opportunity as a church to dream together. What are you dreaming about? What do you envision at Mission St. James that Mission St. James can be involved in? How can your dreams mean and make a place for wanderers to dwell? We're a long ways from that. I don't see any of that happening next year, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows what God is calling us to do and what he will do and work through us? This is an opportunity for us to be a part of kingdom work together as his church in a visible and tangible way to put our faith into action. But we're a ways from it. So I want to spend the rest of my time, which is not much, but I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the next year. One of the big uh, things on my heart, and this comes from the passage, is that our gospel passage is catechesis. Catechesis. Jesus in that passage is talking all about all the physical and practical needs. James talks about physical, practical needs, and so does John. Felt needs that the community has. 
that we are called to meet. But Jesus never called us just to be a social organization. There are many organizations that do this much better than the church does. What you and I have to steward is not only worldly goods and needs, but eternal needs. Just think about the bread, feeding. What does Jesus say when he's tempted by the devil in the desert? He says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yes, we are called to feed and meet physical needs. But woe to us if we do that without also feeding the word of God. You could go through that. The cup uh, proverb has this, this is a beautiful proverb. But, uh, <clears throat> I don't know that I've ever read this before. Proverbs 25, 25 says like cold water to a thirsty soul. So is good news from a far country. Good news. This is what Christians call gospel good news. We can give cold water, but woe to us if we give cold water without the good news of the gospel. Clothing the naked, that is clothing the shame of others, not preaching and not proclaiming and telling others that our shame is covered by the blood of Christ. Yes, we clothe, but we offer forgiveness in Jesus' name. And on and on it goes. But we have to know the Bible. We have to know the God that we proclaim. We have to know the Jesus in whose name we are ministering. And so catechesis is how we do that. Catechesis is just a a fancy church word for teaching. There's ways that you could do this. We do it often when we have a time of teaching or a Bible study or something. So all of that. But something that is on my heart is actually the other way, which is using an actual book called the Catechism. And the Anglican Church in North America has a very small, as far as catechisms go, right? It's not the Westminster Confession. Or Westminster is probably about that thick, right? Uh, yeah, we're, we're a little shorter. Um, it's a quicker, quicker read. But I'd like to see us go through next year the, the Anglican Catechism. So that's something that we're working on. Being in each other's homes, eating with each other, uh, table groups. This is a lot to organize. I know I keep talking about it, but this needs to happen next year. These are just some things that I see us taking next steps on in the, in the upcoming year. I also want to um, mention just a few things that are just kind of on my radar as we move into 2024. Missional mercy is one of our core values. And I'd like to see us, we have a a wonderful opportunity because Sunday mornings we don't have services. I've been volunteering at RIFA on Tuesdays and preaching at their, their, uh, leading their little chapel service there before lunch. And I've realized that, wow, they need volunteers to literally serve the hungry and the homeless on Sunday mornings because most of their volunteer pool are all at church. But that's not the case for us. And we can do that. We can fill that in. We can fill that need. Um, we've participated in Love Your Block. We, uh, I would love to participate in Room in the Inn. I'm not sure if that's even running right now, but there are ways that we can participate in things already happening. So I see us doing this in the upcoming future. Our prayer life together is important. I want to see us have a daily office together. 
maybe once a week. That's going to be really hard. It's going to have to be really early in the morning or early in the afternoon or late at night. Um, nobody is excited about doing that. This may just start out as a, as a Zoom call together. But to be praying the daily office together at least once a week, just so that we get into a rhythm of praying together, this is an important part. I want to remind you of the prayer ministry that, that, uh, uh, that Ryan Flaster has been working on, slowly building a prayer team, particularly in healing prayer. Is this something that you might want to be involved in? I encourage you to reach out to, to Ryan. Um, something else I just want to put on your radar, we're trying to work this out. Um, uh, deliverance, this is a, a word that might have some uh, negative or positive connotation if it has a connotation for you at all. Um, but this is a, 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 this is a, a unique ministry that I think the church and, and Mission St. James included is going to be needing to be involved with quite a bit. It's not a ministry for everyone. Um, but deliverance is deliverance ministry from, from evil, from uh, demonic spirits. Um, so we have in our diocese someone trained in that and does training. So we're trying to work that out. If this is a ministry that you're interested in, like I said, it's not for everyone. But if this is an, something that you're interested, let me know. We're working on that for the, for the spring, sooner rather than later. Just a, a, another couple of things as thankful as we are for this space, it feels like we're a, lot, we're a really small group meeting in this big room. We are thinking and praying about space. I want, I'm asking you to think and pray about space, our own space, sometime next year. I have a, a whole list of many other things. The last thing that I will mention is just our finances. Um, right now, we're about 21 households. Um, not, not all households are here tonight, but Mission St. James is made up of about 21 households. I think just about every one of you, all of these households are giving financially, which is amazing. Just is amazing. And I just want to bless you and thank you for that faithfulness in giving to Mission St. James. Um, uh, one of the parts of our budget is to, and we're expected, all churches in the diocese are expected to tithe to our, to our diocesan office. And uh, Chris Pope um, is, uh, is, um, is one of the check signers at All Saints. He's the one that kind of helped us get um, uh, our first church plant up and running. Uh, Chris came up to me this morning just beaming. He said, I had so much fun signing that check to the diocesan office for Mission St. James because we haven't been tithing. So we just did all one big check and he was just so thankful for that. And so I just want to thank you for that faithfulness. Um, Right now, um, with with our giving, we're averaging about $4,500 a month as a church, which a church our size and our age is amazing is amazing. Uh, We will need to be doing some fundraising. We're working on a budget for next year. We're looking for uh, to hire a a bookkeeper to help us keep these finances all um, uh, uh, straight. (laughs) Um, But we need to double in size over the next year, probably. I mean, St. James needs to double in size over the next year 
Not only so that we can do these things that we're envisioning and dreaming about, but that, that we can also afford to stay together as a church, right? And so um, as the year is drawing to a close, we don't do pledges um, here at St. James. We don't do that yet. I don't know if we will in the future, but I would ask that you, um, you pray about uh, what you might be able to give next year. Um, but not only pray about that, but pray about those in your life that you can, you can invite, not just to Mission St. James, but to the things that we're involving, we're getting involved in. So be in prayer about people and how much you might be able to give next year. Well, like I said, there's so much more that I could uh, share with you, but I just wanted to give this a sort of an end of the year as we're about to go into uh, Advent just an end of the year sort of update. My hope is next year in January, we'll have a new budget to share. We'll be able to have some, some more um, uh, substantial set plans. But these are just things that I wanted you to know about as we work together, as we walk together, as we worship together, as we love God together, that we might be a home for those who are wandering. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we do pray that you... Um, you would hear our prayer. Lord, we make our plans, but you order our steps. And so, Father, we pray that you would give us such open hands, Lord, that we might face one direction and be willing to move wherever you say to go. Lord, whether any of this comes to fruition or all of it, whether any of us are here to see it or none of us are, Lord, we pray that you would make uh, clear to us where you're taking us, where you want us to go. And we pray that you would bring others to come alongside with us. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.